0: full because i'm drinking some ice water cold ice water so (laughs) knock 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 knock
1: knock. who's there
0: uh orange orange who uh not not who's there orange orange who not (laughs) not who's there apple apple yeah, oh, apple, because aren't you tired of hearing me say orange? Oh. <laughs> Yay for oh, us. And God. now I want to have one of those little those little things that you fold out a note of notebook paper and you put them on your four fingers there and you make them go up and down and up and down. You mean a cootie catcher? Is that what that is? That is the official name of that oh, divination tool. That divination tool is called a cootie catcher. Yeah. <laughs> I oh love it. Gosh. And kids use it, a divination tool. They still do. And it is a divination tool because you yeah. say tell me a number between one to ten. And they tell you, and you go boop, 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 boop. boop. And then they say, now tell you, tell me a number between one and seven. And they give you a number and you go boop 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 boop. Then give me a number between one and four. And they give you that. And you open the little panel and you read yep. their fortune. Yeah. And wasn't that the one for if you were really cool, you'd you keep doing it a little bit and you'd say, My mama told me da da da. da, da. pick this one and I pick Y O U. Exactly. That's oh. <laughs> oh God, it's like torture of the damn, did not it? I don't know. I had fun oh. with that game. I, I did too, but it just reminds me of those old days that were not always the most pleasant days. No, they weren't. Let's they were harder. Harder than today. We're softer people now. But they were, but they were still good. They were kind of better, I think, because you know what? We we didn't think that our country was full of idiots.
1: Well, yeah. I didn't
0: anyway. <laughs> yeah, we did. Our country's always been full of idiots. Well I know it has, but I didn't think about that stuff when I was a kid. I didn't think about what Red Rover meant. You know, when we were saying that, or Ring Around the rosy or that, what's that crazy, the cradle fell down one? But oh, yeah. I thought about that stuff. I just repeated it in a oh, little no. song voice with the rest of my girl friends, you know? No, my mother was all about that kind of historical stuff. She was one of those people that had a whole lot of useless knowledge tied up in her brain. <laughs> so I knew all about the black death and the various plagues and wars and all that stuff so there was no pleasure. no I, pleasure. I, I learned about it through my mom's nursing books because back when she was doing doing that when she was in school for nursing those books were pretty graphic and uh, they were big old books and I had free free range in them I could look at any of them and read anything in there and they didn't hold anything back. And those books would show you like a disease and they talk about the disease and then they'd show you what it meant. And that was, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, well I at least I grew up knowing certain things and they just didn't gross me out. As I got older, I don't necessarily need to talk about what all those gross things were, but at least I grew up knowing they existed. So, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't have any concept of anything like money <laughs> or banking, how to write a check, how to run a household. But I knew about the bubonic plague. I knew about uh, you know uh, obstetrics gone wrong, you know, all the things that could happen during a birthing procedure back then. I knew about allergies as that happened, so useless knowledge. <laughs> I knew the periodic table of elements, but I didn't know just some very basic, like how the post office worked. That was a mystery to me. It was kind of a magic thing. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I guess I never thought about the post office, really. We knew our, uh, our as we call them now, letter carrier. Letter we letter, called yeah. him. We called her our Lady Postman. Oh, your Lady so Postman. So that's all I knew about it is that you know they drove in the on the wrong side of the car. Yeah. So they could deliver through the window. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. But I didn't know anything. I still don't know anything about it. I just know it doesn't seem to work very well anymore. Yeah, yeah I know it costs more and more all the time that i think it does but out. honestly if i was to mail a book to you it would mm-hmm. cost me uh $2.62 whatever it costs now that's nothing that's nothing and if I, I well and if i mail a book to oregon it costs six, $2.62 same thing it's kind well, of amazing good. yeah but it, that when you put it that way you're right you're right and they do good work and I was thinking the other day, we've got a classmate who started out his his first job out of high school. It was as a postman or letter carrier or whatever. Delivery He was one of the ones that walk and go door mm-hmm. to door to door. And that is the job that he still has today. And well, uh, no, I take it back because he retired about three years ago. He retired at 55. Good for that's him. Fun. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy somebody in my class has been able to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that I'm glad that he was able to get benefits from the government because we don't know how long that's gonna last anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of feel like, and I from what I understand, a lot of young people feel like my generation and your generation. Well, we're kind of the same generation, aren't we? Our generation uh, took so much advantage of the systems that they're not going to have anything left when they get to retirement. (laughs) Well, I get the feeling they actually think that. Of course they do. And they act like all we did was sit on our big, big old behinds and just suck resources out when we in fact put resources into the system. Some of us did, some tried and some didn't. Uh huh. Well, most of us put resources in the system. It's like this stuff about, well, I don't know what you people ever did for us, you damn boomers. Well, I'll tell you what we did. We stopped the (laughs) Vietnam War. We did civil rights so that African-Americans could be treated like humans in this country. We did women's rights we did yeah. all kinds of things, and if they can't see that because their privilege blinds them to what older people have done, that is really not my problem. They really, there really is a, a large group of young people who don't care if they ever work or not
1: because well, they feel and like it for won't them. If they do.
0: Yeah, yeah, good for them is what I say. But who are they gonna? How are they gonna live? Who are they gonna live know. off? I don't think they're gonna think about those things. They just think about how they've been wronged and that they don't want to work for the system. Yeah. But here's the thing. Well, I know who does. I mean, I I don't know that I've ever worked for the system, which is why my social security will be very small, but I mean, how, how are you going to eat? I mean, you can grow your own food, but subsistence farming is a very, very hard road to hoe. So is that what they're going to do? They're going to become subsistence farmers. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to become a drain on society. Well, as as
1: anything, you know, day like to day,
0: how are they going to eat?
1: They're not they? thinking
0: about that stuff.
1: Well, because aren't they home right them, now?
0: Where do they get their food right now? They live at their parents. Uh-huh. Well, and they, they have, have no desire to move out. And I know a, a bunch of, of people who have children in their lives that are like that. They have no desire to move out. They have none whatsoever. They don't want to get out of the house. Why should they? I got to tell you, um, I don't. I don't know anybody like that. I don't know any kids like that, and I don't know any adults like that, unless their child has a, you know, a a mental or a physical disability. I just don't. And you do. You know people like that. I I know. Yeah, I would. Maybe I don't know many, many, many but I definitely know several families that have talked to me about that situation. You ah. know, and they mention it. Yeah, it's true. They don't, the kids don't care. They're not want, they don't want to work. They have no desire to live outside of the home. Usually their sleep schedule's all screwed up and almost a hundred percent of the time they are uh, video game addicted well i'm gonna i'm gonna say this, which is going to be very unpopular but there's there's the person whose fault that is are the parents that have allowed it well, so if you, yeah. don't, if you don't want your thirty year old child living at home, you should have kicked your eighteen year old child out <laughs> and given to you know helped them figure out how to find a job and all that other stuff I mean I would love for my daughter to live at home, but she's a grown ass woman, yeah. She yeah. she's, she is, and she is, standing on her own two feet and working the work that she loves. But any, any parents that just let their kids lay around and do nothing, they don't have anything to complain about in my world. Not, not a damn thing. And I couldn't wait to get out of the house. You know, I wanted to go. I was ready. I didn't want to be. But, you know, 100 years ago, or especially like 200 years ago, it was just a given that somebody's kids were going to be living with them. You either moved in with your in-laws or your husband or wife would move in with you. And they did do exactly. bigger homes. That, that's A lot of those Victorian homes, would they, you know, they started out with a place for their kids to live when they got married. And it Absolutely. was an expected thing. But they also needed help to run the homes, to you know, get the food. And all of that, and it was an expected thing. It wasn't until we became more affluent, and electricity came around, and homes, you know, were able to be built cheaply, that I think it started in the U.S. that people started assuming that their kids were going to move out at a certain age. Well, but what you're talking about is different. It is way different. What you're talking about is, yeah. What you're talking about is. The family that's in the home, the parents, let's say, and they offer space to the newlyweds as the newlyweds are working and saving money to have their own place. Or they have a big enough house that then you have the conjoined family. We're not talking about the first parents allowing their children to do nothing and to just live at home. That's totally different. Yeah, no, it's completely different. And you're right about that. But but it was a situation that at one time, that's kind of what was expected. So I'm trying oh, yeah. to, you, you, you know, we're all about nostalgia, or at least we claim to be about nostalgia sometimes on this oh, show. yeah, Yeah, because the older I get, the more I think about the way things used to be. And I guess that's natural. And that is what's happening with me. How about you? Well, I mean... The- my my family is the kind of poster child for that because my grandmother lived in her mother's house and moved and moved in and took care of her mother. And then when my grandmother then bought her own house and moved out and all of that, then when my grandmother got older, my mother and father moved in with her and took care of her. And then when they got older, my brother and his wife moved in with them. So there's been like this ge- generational shifting of authority within the one house. And then once my parents were both gone, my brother sold the house and moved to South Carolina. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that is certainly, uh, I think it's a healthy way to do it. Yeah. And it's a way that keeps the generations in touch with each other. Absolutely, I think that's that's very important. That is a little different than that whole entitlement thing, <laughs> right? Well, there's plenty of uh, parents from the '50s or '60s, I guess, who who helped make the basement into an apartment for the newlyweds, and that's what people are having to do now because the price to rent anything is is catastrophic. I can't tell you; it's beyond belief. Some of the prices that I've seen around here. I mean, I would, I would dare say that we are getting way up there as far as in the country, as far as how unaffordable housing around here is. And a lot of people are being forced to have roommates or be roommates. And many of them don't even expect to ever buy any property or and they don't want to. They don't want to because they don't oh, and want they it must- they might have wanted to before they realized there was no way they were ever going to do it, uh, yeah, or be able to afford it, yeah, so it's it's sad what they're going through, but there are kids who are making the most of their lives and and there will always be there's always going to be some kids that are the good kids, and they're the ones that I think about the future with, and i can't can't let myself focus too much on the the crappy ones. <laughs> or I I'll, I'll just get a little overwhelmed every now and then when I think about the future. Well, it just makes me think what kind of what kind of life can you have just staying at home with your parents and doing nothing? Well, they live a rich inner life. Their life is not in this physical world here. Their life is online. Because they're nobody here on the earth in their physical form. But when they're playing half-life, second life, or whichever life it is this time around, when they're playing that, they're powerful. They are warriors and they are magic and they are super intelligent. They can control their situations. And they like that much better. And I guess if their parents don't ever make them leave the house, then they can live in that fantasy world forever. And they're willing to do it until their parents die. And then what the hell are they going to do? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm not one of them. I never wanted to be one of those kids, but that is what's happening. They choose that digital world because it's, it's a more pleasant world to them than the real world. Well, of course it is. Yeah, it's the matrix. I, I love to read a great big fat novel. Cause it's a lot easier to deal with, isn't it? Yeah. A big fat novel. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, what's I want to do that. But sadly, in a big, fat novel, there ain't nobody making my supper. Yeah. (laughs) but In my big, fat novel, they all make my supper if I want them to. (laughs) Yeah, but I bet you uh, don't feel your belly full when they do. No, you're right. You're right. I'll tell you, I, I would love to go back through and read Swiss Family Robinson again. If they would just take the religion out of it, it would have been one of the most perfect books. <laughs> I mean, even as a child, I didn't appreciate all that religion. I was like, "What?" <laughs> but yeah, but I far. loved the book itself. It was one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Mm. Did you have a favorite set of books back then when you were a kid? Oh, I read Lord of the Rings a thousand times. I started reading that when I was about. I guess I read The Hobbit when I was about eight or nine years old. Really? And they co- Lord of the Rings Colored My Whole World. Wow. It was good. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You you were young to be reading that book. And then what did you think of The Cimmerillion? Well, I was much older when I read that. I think I was in college when I read The Cimmerillion. Okay. Um, the Cimmerillion is, uh, is slow going. Yeah, I thought so, I mean, too. I'm a good reader. You know, I read James Joyce and all that stuff, which is believed to be difficult, but Cimmerillion's hard. Ooh. It was. It, w- it was hard for me. And I, I thought it was because it had been so long since I'd read uh, you know, the Hobbit books. And so I went back and read them. And then I went and read the Cimmerillion again. And it was like, what? It was still hard for me. Yeah, it was. it's hard. Well, yeah. the names feel very unfamiliar. And so many of the names are kind of alike because it's so-and-so's son of so-and-so. And they all have Pretty, pretty simpler names. Yeah. <laughs> hey, kind of looking at like looking at my genealogy. It's like how many Roberts and Johns and Thomases can there be? A lot. I can tell you now. Many, <laughs> many, many. Mm-hmm. There sure are. So what did you think about the situation in Kansas? Oh, golly. I was happy, happy to hear it. Kansas is always, you know, it's 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 an odd state. I was just there, what, a month ago, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Kansas has always been pretty liberal about a woman's right to choose, even though a lot of the other stuff about Kansas is pretty um pretty uh conservative. Kansas so is I was a good state for the most part. Yeah, I was I was delighted to wake up to good news for once. Yeah. Didn't it feel nice for once. It, yeah, and it feels so rare these days. And the the other good news is that the Senate passed that uh, burn pit bill. Yeah. <laughs> you think they got any pressure from that from people about that? You mean from like John? What was his name? John. John Stewart. Stewart. He was just going to sleep on the steps till so they made a decision? <laughs> and um, it was pointed out to me that Biden, when the folks were gathered on the steps there that biden sent sent them all pizza did he really good for him but, yeah i thought that was a nice nice move <laughs> so and meanwhile you know the, the rest of them who might or might not have campaigned on veterans rights and that being advocates for veterans they were being very quiet i wonder why yeah, well they were gonna have to work pretty hard to cover their big white asses after that big screw up. <laughs> and it didn't they didn't get covered. And that's no, the no ma'am they did not. Nope. This stuff is starting to wear thin on everybody, I think. It's also been pointed out to me and I, I semi-agree with it that the Republicans are tearing themselves apart from the inside out. They're becoming very extremist on uh, half of it, and the other half of them are much more moderate, and it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to to work well as a party. No, and I see, because I've got Republican friends and family, and They'll a lot of t- them, they, they're just looking over at this crazy right wing and going, what are y'all thinking? Exactly. What is going on? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not. The party that we grew up with—it's not the party that I grew up with. My father, if he was alive, I'm confident that he would not be in favor of the, you know, the ones on the cult side of it, the extremists. And yeah. So, and he would have never been able to reconcile that. So, I'm sure no. there are a lot of folks out there just like him. And will never, uh, never reconcile that. No, and I've said more than once that I was—I am glad, my daddy, whose birthday was a week ago, oh uh, he would have been a hundred years old. Uh, that I'm glad that my daddy was dead and did not see a Nazi flag inside the halls of our government. Oh man. it would—it would have made him so angry, and—and and it probably would have—he probably would have struck out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can't. So I'm glad sad. he was dead and did not see that. That was a low, low point. Very low. For well, I'm just going to tell you, you can't be a good American and a Nazi. And that's just the end of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have freedom of thought in this country. So absolutely, you go ahead and be a Nazi if that's something that appeals to you. But don't don't also pretend you're a good American because you're not. And And, and if people want to fight me on that, they know where to find me. Yeah, that is not going to be happening. And I agree. People can people can have whatever philosophy they want, but the Nazi philosophy is exactly the opposite of what the America's philosophy is supposed to be. If we follow the Constitution, yeah, we're supposed to be a republic, a republic, not not a Nazi territory. So, does that make us old-fashioned? I don't know. I don't does it make us matriots. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Hey, you want to get on to you? Know, yeah. but yeah. Okay. So the, the thing I feel like we need to really address is the flooding. And we can start with St. Louis. I mean, Missouri and St. Louis, if you want to. But I mean, we're an Appalachian podcast and we got to talk about what is going on in Kentucky. It's horrible. It is heartbreaking to watch that. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Zelma Forbes, who lives in Neon, which is just about wiped out. And she has been nonstop reporting about the floods out of there. And, you know, bless her heart. She is a she's a fabulous musician. And I don't know that the radio station is back on yet but she has a show on WMMT that's out of Whitesville, at Whitesburg. And uh, she does a show on Wednesday afternoons called uh, Sweet, Sweet Taters, Tuber to Tuber, sweet, sweet taters, sweet Tuber staters or something. Anyway, it's an old time music show, but oh, she, has, yeah. she has been so wonderful about just letting us know what's going on. And I, you know, it's, it's horrifying. They're calling it a thousand year flood. Hmm. Thousand year. Hmm. Well, it's not like they they had a lot of advantages in Kentucky anyway, in that part of Kentucky, especially. No. They, they've always had a hard life, but now their hard lives are almost getting wiped out by this. Yeah. I mean, these are people that maybe didn't have a whole lot to begin with, but what they had, they had. Yeah. And there was one story that just, God, just all the stories break my heart because, you know, I'm just a a big old crybaby about stuff. But it was some, uh, a young woman who put her, I believe it was a dog, put her dog in a, in one of those dog carriers. And then she swam with the dog and she ended up on somebody's, on the point of somebody's roof, the two of them. Oh and they God. just sat there and they waited and somebody came to get them. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, and there's heart. Yes, the human life is heartbreaking. The animal life, the property damage, all of that. Oh. We can't. We can't say enough about how terrible that is. But the Henman Settlement School, and also Apple Shop, had their historical archives. Um, were just drowned. I was and watching. Their, yeah. They were posting it the whole time. Apple shop was. Yeah. They they were posting pictures and updates, and it was like at one point they they said it's gone, it's all gone, and I was like, what, the, what? Yeah. How can yeah. that even be? Well, they they have brought in refrigerated trucks, so what they are saving, they're putting in the truck so they don't mold and rot. Uh, but we have lost so much of the recorded history of our region that was housed in those two places. It's just, I, I, I got nothing I can say that didn't, doesn't bring tears. It's we need terrible. to do what we can, do what we can to help them out. And y'all, we will, uh, when this comes out as a podcast, we'll link in some of the places you can make a donation. Yep. Because right now money is important. They're also I think it was Apple shop that said if you live within driving distance and can come here and work for part of the day and then go home, they need people just to haul trash and to dig out mud and and all that stuff, too. But there's no place to house people. So you can't just come, come in there and get a hotel room and work because yeah. they no hotels. And if you got allergies, be careful because yes. they've, they've got a lot of mold going on right now. So make sure and take your masks and your medicine with you. Yes. Well, I saw a, a post today about some, I think it was a, a school, elementary school, where uh, a medical team had come in. Yeah. Do you hear that? Is that I our do. call to fame and fortune? It might be. I bought a of it. <laughs> And uh, I read something this morning about some at some elementary school, uh, they were they were offering tetanus shots. So people come in and get tetanus shots. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's not just that there's a lot of water and mud everywhere. It's that all the stuff that's in that water and mud. Mm. Man, and I don't think any of it is uh, healthy, nutritious food right now. So, (laughs) gosh, no, potable water. But it is it is good to see the way people, and I'm sure it's not just in Appalachia, but we kind of pride ourselves on taking care of each other. We do. And You're the people right. that just been saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to go down to Sam's Club and I'm going to load up all the water and fit in my vehicle and I'll be there. Where should I go? Yep. And somebody will say, go to this school or this church or wherever. And they'll drive up there and, you know, deliver as much water as their vehicle will hold. Yep, yeah. And, you know, I've seen a fair amount of people saying things like, I live in blah, blah, blah county. I have a camper. If you have a need, come live in my camper until you can find something else. Oh, I, I've isn't seen that beautiful? That. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't, yeah. You know, I can't tell you. When I see that, I just go, oh, my gosh. That's that's. Well, yeah. And, uh, and my friend Zelma that was talking about today, she was saying, I've got to go find a bath find a shower. She hadn't had a bath since it all happened. So she was off to find a shower and I, and people were saying, well, there's, they've set up a, you know, like a shower trailer. Have you seen those? Yeah. Where it's yeah. just set up for people to come. There was a couple people wouldn't mention, Oh, there's one of those here and one of those there. And then a whole bunch, a bunch of people just said, well, why don't you come to my house? I got water and electricity. Come on <laughs> over here and have a shower and I'll fix you some lunch or whatever. And come I on. just, I just love that. You know, We seeing people just take people into their homes and love them up. Yeah. It's still, it's still a, a incredible disaster though. I mean, people incredible. in Haywood County still need help after that big old flood they had last year. That's right. They do. And I think some of them are, have gotten paid, but it took a long, long time before they got any money towards disaster relief. And, uh, There are some of them, like you said, that still need help. And I can't imagine what this is going to do up there in Kentucky. I can't. And not to mention, there's a lot of other places right now that this climate change is really, you know, the one that doesn't exist. Right. (laughs) Yeah, well, how could it possibly? The humans couldn't have had anything to do with that, as you well know. Well, and I do want to say that um, a good friend of mine, the, a woman I respect so much. Her name's Misty Skaggs, and she's a poet and an advocate and an activist. And she uh, and I think one other person founded a thing called the East Kentucky Mutual Aid Group. Oh. It's been going on. It's been going on for a while now, and they are they are accepting uh, donations, of course. And you can find them if you are they were having trouble with Venmo but they uh, PayPal you can PayPal them and it's East East Kentucky I think it's Easter Eastern Kentucky Mutual Aid I'll try and find it and put that link yeah thank there. you you know, and I then, had a bunch. you know it it and it's a mutual aid thing so you you if you need something you let them know and if they can give you the money they just send you the money you know and there's that's not a whole not a whole lot of uh, bureaucracy sometimes that's the best thing
1: actually right. usually yep
0: yeah, yeah so how do you think it went last week I put a bunch of links and I didn't intend to but we talked about all that stuff so I just went ahead and put links on in there and uh, I hope I didn't overlink everybody's uh, tolerance you uh you you reckon they just went cross-eyed looking at all those links I don't know no I, I think I it's good you know if you don't if you don't want to see stuff in social media just keep scrolling yeah that's true we didn't nobody had to look at all of the links <laughs> so. yeah I I just look at look at that with everything. Having to do with social media, you know, people get, oh, they just get so ground up with something that hurt their feelings. And, oh, and they get butt hurt about stuff. And, you know, you can just say, well, that's your opinion about it. And I'm moving on. Or you can just ignore it. Yeah, I get along with the, the Republicans in my family as and the Democrats in my family, even though I don't share the same political opinion with many of them. And but I get along with them, and I know you th- are the same way. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. You, you can get along if you decide to. But there's a lot of there's a lot of division right now. I understand it. It's not the age of Aquarius like I thought it would be. Well, we're still <laughs> moving into the age of Aquarius. I this think. The so dawn. <laughs> you watch that play? Did you like that musical? I did. What great music! It was. That's one of my favorite ones. Bunch of hippies. <laughs> I do love me some hippies. Yeah, what can you say? Hippies are lovable. Well, I don't necessarily smart. want to be smelling them, but... It well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, let me ask you, what you going to have for supper tonight? You know what? I think I'm going to give the husband some uh, leftover brown rice and sautéed vegetables we had last night. And I may just have me a little bowl of beans with some cut-up onions on them. That sounds good. Green beans or soup beans? No, um, I got some soup beans I got my eye on.
1: Uh-huh. I've yeah, got green sounds-
0: beans in the refrigerator. The husband will get some of those as well. Oh. But I just would kind of like some slice, a slice of tomato with some onions and some, like, pinto beans. Yeah. How about uh-huh. you? What are you going to have for supper? Boy, that sounds good. I haven't decided yet. Had a lot of sandwiches lately. I've got a messed up refrigerator, and it's it's been uh, three weeks now. So there's been some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in my life, uh, but I've been I've been out with my friends and stuff like that, and had a few other things that were nice. I've been craving Mexican food. Oh, for we about should a don't week. have Mexican food sometime. I'd love oh, that. I love it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> And turn it. We'll turn it into some sort of road trip. We'll go get Mexican food somewhere out near Andrews. What do you think? <laughs> Silva. Let's go to Silva. I'm hearing a lot of neat stuff is in Silva since the last time Silva. I have, I love Silva too. I really do. It's like, pretty out there. Yep. Well, I know that if I'm going to catch you on a on a road trip, I'm going to have to do it in the month of August because. Your September is gone, and I'm sure you've got quite a bit on the books for August. Well, I do, and in fact, August, I mean, by the time this podcast launches, which will be Sunday, I will have my car packed up, and I'm going out of town to a women's goddess retreat up in New York. Oh, wow. Up, yup, yup. That's pretty awesome. And I'm going to get to see my good, lovely friend Shirley's new house in Pennsylvania. Oh, yay. Uh, Yay. I like Pennsylvania. I do, too. There's lots of places there I like. In fact, um, I was just, I got the information today that my host has booked a flight for me to do a thing in Pittsburgh in early November. Yay. Uh,
1: I love, I, I
0: love all of Pennsylvania that I've been to. I love Pittsburgh. Um, I love Philly. Uh, Lancaster. I love Lancaster. Uh, all that kind of farmy places. I like those. But man, I just have a thing about Pittsburgh. I love that place. That's where my buddy Gary is from. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep, Swickley, which is a neighborhood on the north side. And he's a he, he's an honorary Southern boy now. He's been living here for decades and decades, which I know that doesn't make him a real Southern boy, but he's honorary because he loves he it. He can so be much. an honorary Southerner. That's yeah. nice. He's And he's, he's a nice fella. So what can you say? Well, <laughs> so we started out with the intention of basically talking about Kentucky for the whole podcast. And we talked about most everything except for A little bit of talking about Kentucky. Once again, we did not follow our own plan. I don't know what to say about that, except that I should not be surprised. (laughs) Well, anybody that knows us knows that one at some point in the podcast, one of us is going to say, you know, during the pre-show, we talked about (laughs) blah, 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 the things we're going to talk about. And here we are at the end of the podcast. And did we talk about those? Not really, no. Not really, no. But we actually we did pretty good this time because yes. in the pre-show we talked about Kansas and we talked about Kentucky. Yep. We talked about food because that's what we are obsessed with. Well, I'll let you go. All and right. I'm going to go make some supper. Yeah, I'm going to figure out some supper. So uh, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. and thanks hey, for letting It's me. good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. And Ilsa. Uh, thank you for everything you've helped us with lately. And y'all, if you have any suggestions or something that you want us to talk about or a question, just just let us know. You can find us on social media and pretty much we're going to be able to talk to you at some point. Oh, so, oh, oh. And that reminds me, we what? did the drawing for the Weirdlings. <gasps> And Angie Poole was the lucky recipient. I'm going to pack hey. her little package up and mail it out on Friday as the plan. That's cool. Well, congratulations, Angie. And y'all, thanks for entering. That was a good one. Yeah, it's a bunch of good stuff. And uh, I contacted her to make sure her address was the same because I would mailed her something, I don't know, months ago. And asked her if she was a gardener because I've got some seed I'm going to send her for fall planting. Oh, so cool. Hey. Hey. I love these I really I do too. I love to give we be good. Thank you all Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.